Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From our top secret, highly secure headquarters, this is the Spurs Insider back after a holiday hiatus, back after the grand return of the local cagers to the local domed stadium, which was quite a night. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the trade deadline coming up, but we've reached, we passed the halfway point of the NBA season. It's been a month or so since we've convened at the secure location. Uh, Do we want to just generalize about the state of the local cagers at this moment in time, mid-January 2023, Jeff McDonald? They're bad. Are they worse than <laughs> we not, expected? They're not they bad be. enough, though. They're not they're, bad enough. They're so that's too much. as bad as it's been, as hard as it is to watch at times, as many of the losses that have piled up in this heaping pile of losses, mm-hmm. not bad enough. They're still fourth to worst in the in the in the NBA, and I don't know that they can. They I don't know that they can. They can uh, catch the teams below them. Well, you know that's that's part of the reason why the NBA. Flattened the lottery mm-hmm. odds a few years ago. The percentages aren't that much worse for fourth than they are for one to three. The danger is other teams move ahead of them in the lottery. If you don't get lucky in the lottery, you could bottom out to sixth or seventh. Yeah. And the other thing about it is it's not just about how high you can get, but how far you can fall. I think that's what I just said, but go ahead and make it. Well, I mean, if you, if you have the... It's not you can look at it and say, oh, if you have the third worst record, well, that's a fourteen percent chance to get the first pick. If you have the fourth worst, that's a twelve point five percent. Oh, that's only a difference of one point five percent. What's the big deal? The big deal is if you finish with the fourth worst record, you can fall a lot farther down the pecking order. I think that's what I just said, but go ahead and repeat then, it. Then the well, it's not just a matter of teams we, scooting in front of you in the standings or well, scooting I mean, below t- you. In the I meant teams teams picking ahead of you in the lottery. Right. Let's say the uh, ninth, tenth, and eleventh teams in the lottery win the top three spots. Well, yeah. Well, then if you're fourth, you it, fall to seventh. Is seventh, seventh the worst that they can fall to? I think technically. The point is, if you finish with the fourth worst record, you have a you have double the chance of finishing with the number six pick than you do of winning the first pick. Right. So that that's kind of the impetus for for getting into that top three as a. It's not just the enhanced odds. Of but I don't think there's a, there's not a huge. That's not that much difference between fourth and third. The third, if you finish third, you have a better chance of finishing fifth than you do a first. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's that's the not same. sixth. Well, we need um, a whiteboard to explain all this. Yes. yes, we went right into the like esoteria, yes. esoterica to start yes. this new podcast. Yes, but the point is, the Spurs are bad, but not bad enough. But maybe bad enough because. You still have a chance to win, Victor. He's the big prize. You'd feel better if they were worse. And if you've been watching, which I know you haven't, but if you've been watching the potential picks in this draft, this is going to be a very good draft. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, not just Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, who have two great names, 
But also you have uh, Brandon Miller from Alabama's. I think he would have been the best player in last year's draft. You'd be fine picking third in this draft. I think that guy's going to be great. Uh, Jeff's favorite, Amen uh, Thompson. Lots of great looks names. Like a, Lots of looks great like names. a great player he who could have been first last would year. Would you say that uh, he could be the answer to the Spurs prayers? For the sixth or seventh time on this podcast, uh, you've made that joke. I don't think we've even mentioned that fellow on this podcast. And I don't think yet. I've laughed one time. I think you're talking to but other people behind our backs. Good job. Good effort. Uh, Tom has not weighed in at all on this frivolity, this nonsense. What What are your thoughts on the state of the Spurs halfway through this they gotta, season? they got to stop playing. They're 2-0 against teams without their superstars. Yeah. Uh, beating Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee without their – Huge guns, but uh, yeah, they they just keep picking up wins. And um, you say that they <laughs> lost five, in a, six, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> five <laughs> in a row before they beat them. I guess, I guess, just, I guess they're not they're, they're not going to lose them all. Yeah, I think it's uh, if you go back to the beginning of the season when we forecasted what the season would look like. I think it's sort it's of about been it. exactly yeah. what it's been. Yeah. Um, and in terms of their winning yeah. percentage. It's right where it, yeah. we thought it would be. It's just three teams have been really, really bad. And Detroit totally mailed it in. Um, their top picks in the past couple of years, you know, Kate Cunningham's out, I think, mm-hmm. forever. Well, uh, I, hopefully not forever. Forever, I've heard. <laughs> um, Houston's lost 97 or 98 in a row. Uh, the other team down there is Charlotte, who blew out the local cagers <laughs> in the, the opening opener, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. opening game of the season. And I don't think it's one since. <laughs> I know. They After that opening, you're like, the Spurs are going to be just fine. Yeah, They need to play more games in the Alamo Dome where That's, they have yeah. a losing streak, <laughs> yes. where they make tons of money, yes. beer sales. Everyone has a great time. Even uh-huh. if you get blown out by 37 or whatever I, it was. I, I understand you're not the host of this podcast, but that's how you do a segue, by yeah. the way. That, that's pretty um, good. A friend of the podcast, Tim Reynolds from Miami the of the Associated Press, noted the other night during that game, which we will talk about shortly, um, the local cagers began the night ranked 28th in the NBA in home attendance. They finished the night 15th. So <laughs> that was a good business move for the Spurs, if nothing else. And... Aside from making money and trying to make something out of a out of a rough season at the box office at the at the turnstiles, are there still turnstiles? I think there's metal detectors instead of turnstiles now. But aside from that, it was just a feel good night, wasn't it? It was a smashing success. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, the atmosphere was was just unbelievable. As Pop said, there was a lot of adult beverages. Right. Uh, Sold and drank, and everyone had a great time. And you know, I I didn't partake in that. I was working, but I did buy a a, Guys. a, a diet Pepsi, uh-huh. like a twenty ounce diet Pepsi. That was six fifty. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the beer prices were. I mean, the they fans, must have made a killing off that. The fans loved it. I mean, they were coming up to the court, taking pictures of everything. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was it was really well. Cool. They, were, they were two idiots taking video of tag team performing at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. scoop. There it is. Um, Part of the reason why so many adult beverages were cons- consumed, I assume, was that there were no good seats in the house in terms of watching no, basketball. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's not no. a place where you want to watch basketball in the San Antonio and it was fine. type of Yeah, event, exactly. People just loved it. Um, they had a great time. Even the people who were sitting right behind us, we were in the third row. By the way, in the third row, you could not see no. – any, but anything yeah. above a player's waist or yeah. below a player's yeah. waist. Basically. I had a good view of uh, Sean Elliott's uh, back of his head. I, I saw Jakob Pertl's torso, but like Trey, <laughs> Trey Jones probably didn't exist in that right. game. I didn't see him one time. Well, we uh, 
we were assigned those seats. Yes. And that's that's great. And there, yeah. there were no complaints. The people directly behind us had paid worse seats and probably paid like sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they had a good time too. I because they got to see right. Jeff McDonald in action, Tom Orsborn in action. So much that that nostalgia. That that's that's the yeah. thing. People just came. They brought you know their kids and they're reminiscing about even before the Alamo Dome, the Hemisphere days. It was yeah. just a celebration of. All things and first. It's it salvaged a good moment in a season that's just, you know, dreadful right. record-wise. And that's just – that's by coincidence. Like, they couldn't have – you couldn't have predicted years ago that the Spurs' 50th anniversary season would be their worst season. That just ha- so happens that it came during the season. But people have asked me, like, could you imagine what would have happened if they'd done an Alamo ga- Dome game, like, in 2014 or when like, those teams were so great? I think this is better. Yeah. I, I think I it was better this way. And what was it, three years in the planning? They really yeah, did, yeah, yeah. They did a great job. Yeah. I think this was much better because it's like he's, nobody cared about the game. Right. Nobody cared they lost by 31 yeah, right. and like basically yeah. didn't show up. Yeah. Um, nobody cared they couldn't see the game, whether they, they were up in the rafters or they were standing room only, yeah. which was just a cocktail party. It was like yeah, being yeah. at the Kentucky they, Derby or something. They, they all brought it their was, matches. and It's like you said, though. It was a fiesta type event. It was just the people that wanted to – they just wanted to celebrate the city and the community and the team. Yeah, and that was, it was a pretty good night. I'd almost uh, – this is just a, a side road we don't need to go down. But I'm not convinced that they didn't know three years ago that this this season was going to be terrible. Like well, the, sure. And the, pl- the, sure. The but Spurs the point, plan but- everything, and the Spurs <laughs> have planned for this draft for a long time, knowing that this is the perfect year to bottom out. But, and that during this 50th anniversary right. season, they're going to need a big fiesta, and they this would be a perfect time But the time point to do is it. they're doing it because of the 50th anniversary Correct. season, right. not because they were bad. We're splitting hairs. Yes. We're splitting hairs. But I do think that the Spurs plan a lot of stuff. I mean, if like <laughs> – I don't – like – if they had, if Jeremy Sohan had turned out to be the next Tim Duncan, and they're a, yeah. a thirty-win team right now, right? Yeah, you never, you never know with how the I draft's going to work out. It, but they're still doing this this thing because it's the fiftieth anniversary, yeah. not because it's yeah a poor team. And um, the Spurs aren't going to hold this record for long. Mm-mm. No, someone else is going to do this very quickly. because it worked so well. Yeah, <laughs> if if it had been Once kind again, of a disaster, no one would have loved it. I mean, you could uh, do it. Not you could again. do it at a, at a, a venue of that size where people could see. Yeah, Once or again, see a little the better. Is following the Spurs, the, the Correct. Oh. Yes, um, and it's. I'm like. I'm. I'm not sure which city will do it next. Cuban's going to get the idea. Yeah, Jerry. Jones. Maybe I'm going to. I'm going to bet but on the Lakers. It has to be with I don't, LeBron. I'm, I'm not sure the Lakers will do it. Um, Stadium. LeBron's yeah. last game. That's or anyone really, because really wasn't even the Bulls that set the record, but it was because of Michael Jordan. They set it in the out the, My, the Georgia Dome for right. his last game. Right, My that was the, that was the idea before on Dallas. Cuban and Jerry Jones teaming up. Cuban already has the the, the record for the largest crowd at an NBA game of any type. That was that All Star game, um, which there was a hundred thousand. It was an All Star game, not a Mavericks uh, game. Right, but so the, I'm just saying he could do it again. Nice. He could do it again. Um, but it's it's going to take a – wherever it happens again, no, it no. won't be what this was because yes. this was an authentic yes. celebration of history. Yes. It was the, pl- the building where the team once played. There's no other dome in the in the world where an NBA team used to play. Yeah. Like the Silver Dome hosted the Pistons Sky, for a while. Sky Dome. That was blown up. They could do Rogers Center. Sky Dome, I guess. Uh, um, but it has to be – it would have to be in a place where – 
people show up yeah. for something like yeah, this. Yeah. Like the San Antonio yeah. is very unique in that regard. Yeah. And it was a it was a celebration of everything that makes the Spurs you know how, a unique like the hockey franchise. teams will do like an outdoor game? Maybe yeah. an NBA, NBA team needs to do that. Like yeah. the Bulls need to play at Soldier Field or something. That'll be something. In the middle of February. That would be, oh, be great. Gracious, that would be cold. It would be great. <laughs> Although Soldier Field might not exist for that much longer. We'll see. I better get it in. The players already wear tights. You, you, I was about to say they couldn't wear shorts, but no one wears really just short pants anymore in NBA games. They don't wear short pants? Well, they wear short pants over tights. You mentioned earlier if Jeremy Sohan had turned into Tim Duncan. I guess uh, my question to you is what's up with young Jeremy if we're going to talk uh, about basketball again? He's probably already said more words on an NBA court than Tim Duncan ever did in 20 years. Yeah. And he's, do uh, opponents like that? Uh, they do not. Uh-huh. Uh, from what I'm understanding, they do not. And that's exactly not. what the Spurs thought they were getting in yeah. this young, uh, yeah. uh, uh, cantankerous he, um, uh, part of his skill set. Yeah. So he's like top top eight among NBA rookies in scoring and mm-hmm. rebounds and assists. I guarantee you, he leads NBA rookies in trash talk per hundred possessions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like it's it's not even close. And like it's kind of funny to watch other. Players like what? What's ha- like almost trying to process this? Like who is this guy? What is happening? He's got four points in the fourth quarter, and he's like giving me crap. It's- what amuses me are the specific players <laughs> and the specific types of players that he's annoyed. You have Stephen Adams, who's just that type of guy. Everybody kind of gets into it. Stephen Adams. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of an instigator himself. Yes. And then you have Markeith Morris, same, who's the same type of guy. Like he's the he's the player that opponents just. Go crazy over because he, he like like uh, George Costanza said about Woody Woodpecker. He's an instigator, <laughs> and uh, neither guy you'd really want to get in a tussle. We with. are <laughs> right. Jeremy Sohan is not picking like easy targets to get I into. Mean, to the Morris brothers back with. in the day had a literal felony assault charge Correct. against them, <laughs> yes. which we should say they were uh, found not guilty. But I'm not sure they were found not guilty. I'm not sure if it was pursued. I, I googled it today. They, oh, okay. I, I heard. I heard. I heard a not. I saw. I read a not guilty. Oh, so. okay. There you go. But anyway, I know they were not convicted. They were definitely charged, though. Yes, they're not. The point is, they're not the type of people you want to get into uh, tussles with, unless you're. Um, Jeremy to doesn't mind. <laughs> you got Zach Collins uh, on your back, you know, <laughs> defending you. Yeah, well, he's when Zach Collins is the one playing the peacemaker. You're like, yeah, yeah Zach Collins has been in some stuff too. Um, but I love it. I but, love it. I, I don't know. I love it. How about basketball-wise with young Jeremy? I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about his instigating. It's much more fun. <laughs> um, he's a better instigator than a player at this point. He's not. He's not like it's not the type of player that you normally associated with the Spurs back in the day. Like, is there is there another? I mean, you could go back to Rodman, but I mean, like the Bruce uh, Bowen. Bowen Spurs have had a go. lot of you're guys right. like that. Actually. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Bowen's a good a good example. He's uh, going to be a really good player. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, you see it every night. There's there's little areas where mm-hmm. you know he stands out, and and his shooting's going to get better. Remarkable the free throw shooting with yeah. the one arm technique. It took it's just it remarkable. Took. Yeah. It's all it took. He missed the first two, and then I think he hasn't missed since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the young neophyte. Uh, even overcoming some uh, <laughs> over some personal adversity in terms of uh, the game that uh, we covered at <clears throat> Madison Square Garden was probably the worst game of his pro career. Yeah, just couldn't make a shot. Five seconds couldn't make a different couldn't make a difference during the game. Five second uh, violation, which was kind of a quintessential rookie mistake. Walt Frazier just all over him. All just, over the young neophyte. Just yeah. said he was clueless, had no idea. Yeah. And he came back and has played really well since. 
So that's been, if you want to talk about what this season was supposed to be, it was losing a lot and hoping that guys like Jeremy Sohan and to a, I mean, this is kind of the mixed bag. Uh, Devin Vassell, Kelton Johnson, the pieces of your future. So Sohan's going to develop a lot. He's 19. But even right. if he doesn't develop much, he's already looks like a guy that can help a good team. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. Help a good Maybe team. he's not a star. Maybe he is. But maybe he's not a star. But he's a guy that could be definitely be a piece of a, of a good team if you got the right mix around him. So that has been a successful aspect of this rebuilding um, quote-unquote tanking season. Um, you're losing a bunch of games, seeing some progress from Jeremy Sohan. How about the other two guys I mentioned who are clearly pieces of the future, Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell, two kind of uh, different stories there. Kelton's got had 36 the other night. That's mm-hmm. hard to do in the NBA, although not as hard anymore. Um, he still looks to me like a guy you want him to be your – if you're going to be a really good team, you want him to be your third option Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe Vassell's a number two, mm-hmm. maybe. But Vassell, you'd like to see part of part of a tanking season is not pushing guys through marginal injuries and finding reasons to sit your best guy. But then in the case of Devin Vassell, who's an up-and-coming player in his third season, these reps are important. So sure. that's there's there's a, a, a needle to thread there right. in terms of getting him the personal – Development he needs, and uh, protecting That's, that protecting that lottery sounds, spot. Sounds like he'll be back after he's injured now. Surgery, mm-hmm. knee surgery. I think the, the sounds like the, he'll be back after the after the All Star break, and and obviously the injury those, was legitimate. Get those. If you go into the knife, yes, yeah. The, the, the scope. Um, yeah, there's tanking, but then there's not like uh, I, I think forcing your guys to get unnecessary surgery is a little right. bit. That, that would be extreme. <laughs> a little bit extreme. It might be a surgery that he wouldn't have. <laughs> If they were, I'm not if saying they were the Spurs a, did that. That's a joke. If they the were in a playoff race, it might be a surgery he wouldn't have yeah, uh, right. taken right, right away. Sure. They might as well get it done. Here. Sure. Um, where the else other, do you want to go? The other two rookies, like uh, you see, they, they they play less and they're a little little shakier. I mean, Blake Wesley's just barely been back from his own injury, but they also show flashes of things that you like to see and, mm-hmm. and what they can be. And you also remember that they're 19. We know what Jakob Pertl is. Trade bait. A lot of other teams. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Trade bait. Yeah. Deadline is approaching. Someone you could take. Someone you could keep as well. Yeah. um, For the cost. It just kind of depends on what you get offered. And I think he's not a guy. How much you value? I think he's not a guy. You have to say we have to trade him. What What's your best offer? Oh, it's two second round picks. Well, okay, we'll take that. I don't think you take that. I think you can. You can pass on that and. Mm-hmm. Wait, but um, well, they got they got more for Young last year, yeah, which exactly, is, which is incredible. If, so they should get a number one overall pick first, for Pirtle just based on that first round pick for <laughs> well, Thad Young. Then I wonder though. Um, on that note, if we're about to see a sea change, or at least a a an adjustment in how teams are. Um, valuing those type of picks because it went a little extreme last year, and the the trade the big trades have not worked out like the Rudy Gobert trade the the mm-hmm. Dejounte Murray trade the, the Timberwolves gave up four first round picks for Rudy Gobert and they're still like in the play in spot the Atlanta Hawks gave up three first round picks plus a swap to the San Antonio Spurs for, for Dejounte Murray and the Hawks have won like 
two more games than the Spurs have. That's an exaggeration, but not by much. Like the Hawks are— They're under 500. Under 500 at this moment. So maybe teams are thinking we shouldn't be so loose with these picks, and they might be harder to pry away this year. It only takes one. It only takes one. (laughs) One one team that thinks Pirtle is the missing piece, here's here's a first-round pick. It worked out better for Mitchell and Cleveland than it has those other two. And you got to look at fit with a lot of those guys. How was Gobert going to fit with Towns? That was questionable. You have to be sure. Like, did it work out? Did the Thad Young deal work out for? I would say that it did not. Did right. not, no. Absolutely not. Um, and that wasn't a like a huge um, elite uh, uh, top of the round, first round pick, but it's still a first round pick. Those things have value. And I'm that, was not the, sure. that was the um, one they used on Wesley or I got him confused. Well. Was that the Branham pick? Uh, the, our our viewers slash listeners are screaming right now. There's so many of them over these years. I'm not sure has it's been used yet. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. We'll we'll fix that in post. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> if our our, our uh, producer Luis is just all over it, um, I'm sure he can just edit in. What new... I can. It does. Keep, it doesn't keep, matter. You keep talking. I'm going to Google. I'll keep talking. Um, but the the Acapurtle thing. Uh, another factor to consider is even if your Spurs have some lottery luck this year, if they end up winning the rights to Victor Wembanyama, if they get second or third and end up with um, Scoot Henderson or Amin Thompson or Brandon Miller, like Jakob Pertle is a guy who could play with all those guys. He's he's a productive center. Just because you draft a 7-4 guy doesn't mean that – like. Victor Wembanyama shoots threes. He's a stretch guy. You still need a, a dirty work center type of guy, a guy who can um, anchor a defense. And Jakob can be that guy. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that you have to get rid of him to make room for the next group. And uh, he's going to be a free agent. The Spurs would have to make the best offer to keep him. But I, th- I guess I'm just echoing what you guys are saying is if you don't get a first-round pick, if you don't get something you really like, you do not have to deal them at the deadline. Unlike last year with Thad Young where there was no reason to bring him back. Yeah, I think the more likely than, trade candidates are probably interested in McDermott. Right. Just be, I mean, which which will buy a couple of second-round picks for either. Right, those which aren't franchise-altering deals or whatever. So. Will the Spurs pay, Jakob? I mean, they have – they're going, they're projected to have, I think, top five in the league salary cap space, mm-hmm. and there's no obvious free agents out there. Like the free agent market is sort of drying up over the past couple of summers. Um, so there's you, not guys that you really want to go after. You I, sign your free agent. Sign your guy. Yeah. They got over like $20 million now, don't they? Yeah. They, a lot. They, they, they'll have a lot this summer, depending on how things work out. Um, it's not the greatest time in the world to have a bunch of salary space, uh, salary cap space, but – you know, um, if you look at the list of top available free agents this summer, Jakob might be top 10. <laughs> so it's just like signing one, it's signing a top 10 free agent who happened to already play for you. Did you get anything? Yes, uh, it was a, they, they, it was a pick they conveyed last year. Okay. I can't really suss out whether it was the 25th or 20th. I can't remember who, I, I suppose, I suppose Boston finished better than Toronto did last year. Uh-huh. So it was probably the 20th pick that they got from the Raptors, which would be the um, well, that worked out. Malachi Branham pick. That worked out. Mm-hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, even when you're losing and having tough times, you look for enjoyment where you can find it. And it was found at He's the He's trying Alamo to wrap Dome. this quickly. Wait. It was found at the Alamo Dome in a memorable – don't go down in Spurs lore. 
Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you remember most about that night, Tom? Trying to get out of the freaking parking lot because of the. <laughs> There's a whole like a like a whole. There were so many memories. I don't know yeah. where to start. I really don't. But it was like you know, in some ways, it was like one of those paintings where you you see all these celebrities gathered together, like, like the dogs a, playing poker. Yeah, like yeah. the presidents uh, playing which, poker, the which, Sopranos. Uh, which paintings have celebrities on them? What the dogs, the the, the presidents <laughs> playing poker. You that, got the two parties. It's probably only painting Jeff Kinney. You looked, you looked here and there. You see Tony Parker sitting next to Becky Hammond. Uh huh. Avery Johnson there, and yourself. Yeah, you know? some fan tried to take a picture with Finger. Yeah, at the I mean, game. yeah, it was amazing. It was just uh-huh. <laughs> there were just so many uh, uh, glimpses and images of Spur history. The guy wonderful. said, uh, "Aren't you Clint Eastwood?" Uh-huh. Well, he looks more like uh, uh, Damian Lewis, Walter or, Matthau. <laughs> major this winners from here. Band of Brothers. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Sr. But anyway, my point is, you know, you're What's struggling, your you're having you're having a tough time, you find your enjoyment where you You're trying to wrap this up, aren't you? <laughs> well, we got something to do today. Just say well, I just, just tell everyone to keep it real, Tom, and we can I, bolt out of here. <laughs> There's no rule that says I have to say the last word. You could wrap it up if you, if you want to. Well, but before you do enjoy you mentioned paintings yeah. on your trip to Madison Square Garden and yes. to the Barclays Center in New York. Yes. You spent your days when you could, when you weren't chasing news stories. Right. In Central Park, right. or in the West Village. Yeah, you went to the MoMA, didn't you? I did. It, it was it was it was packed. It was raining that day, so uh-huh. everyone and their, you know, mother were in there. <laughs> yeah, it uh-huh. was it was crowded, but yeah, it's great great time. And you saw it. the paintings of Edward Hopper. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's, who's known to uh, but, portray? He's a, guy, he's a guy from Easy Rider, right? No, he's the guy yeah. from Blues Traveler. Oh, gotcha. Nighthawk. Gotcha. Is, he, has all the, he has all the harmonicas. <laughs> Nighthawk is his most famous painting. <laughs> the only two people in the world that got that joke. <laughs> which depicts the isolation of American loneliness. society. Loneliness. Yeah. And you noted that many of his um, subjects were gaunt. Yes. Back in the day, yeah, they, people, ni- people... 1930s. That's, that's, you know... They didn't need as much. There was not as much Taco Bell. Yeah. Not as much. Those were lean times. They were lean times. But even in those lean times, people found <laughs> <I want you laughs> <to> enjoyment. <laughs> they did. Yeah. <laughs> they found <laughs> reasons to have fun. Lean times breaks. for the Spurs. Yes. Lean times for the local cagers. Yes. Yeah. Found room for enjoyment. Yes. Tom wants me to wrap this up. So and I will tell you, even, in your lean even, times... Even though there was ra- uh, wrath, there was also grapes. Yeah. That's correct. That's true. Uh, John like Steinbeck, by the way, Tom Jode. Uh, worked on Madison Square Garden. He was a construction worker for a period in New York, and he helped uh, lay the foundation of the arena we were just at. And those were lean times for John yeah. Steinbeck. Yeah. He ended up finding his grapes, overcoming his wrath, yeah. uh, <laughs> finding enjoyment in life, just like the local cagers found enjoyment in their return to the Alamo Dome, just like you find in listening to this ridiculous podcast. <laughs> and until the next time, I ask you to take care of each other and keep it real. Peace. Peace.